0: It's March, and you know what that means, folks. College basketball in full force. And listen to this. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including the bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. BetOnline, where the game starts. All you have to do is head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Man, this is incredible stuff. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online.
1: It's all good. Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter.
0: The MO Sports Platter, back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by your State Farm agent, Matt Graham, Ken's Auto Detailing, Welch & Company Jewelers, and our great friends at Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay. Make sure you head on over to Chick-fil-A. That place is amazing. I could eat at Chick-fil-A every single day, I swear to God. Um, (laughs) When you think about the different menu options they've got, the luscious mac and cheese, the chicken tenders, the sandwiches, uh, the nuggets... You name it, they've got it. Chick-fil-A is amazing. The waffle fries are to die for. They have Coke products. They have shakes as well and delicious gourmet cookies. Head on over to Chick-fil-A, Cicero and Clay. And hey, by the way, order ahead of time on the Chick-fil-A app. You can earn points. The point system is amazing. I've earned so many points at Chick-fil-A, by the way, that so many orders right after that are free. So you're literally buying Chick-fil-A, but you're getting two for one because you're getting some free meals later uh you know later on so it's just a it's a great place to eat awesome place for kids Chick-fil-A they do so much in the community and oh by the way gift cards are always available and they have a great breakfast menu as well Chick-fil-A of Cicero and Clay a proud ML sports platter sponsor the book is out major bookstores online where books are sold it is called Whispers of the Gods Tales from Baseball's Golden Age Told by the Men Who Played It Peter Golenbach is the author He's done it for so long, one of the great writers ever. Peter, welcome, congratulations on this terrific book, and the cover is really spectacular. The title is spectacular, and it's so you. Thank you so much for coming on, and congratulations.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Great to be with you. Let's get right into this thing. I mean, Whispers of the Gods, It almost, you know, the title and the cover just give you chills, and, and, and it's just so baseball, it's so you. Uh, what, what are you trying to get across in, in, in this particular book?
1: Well, I just remember when I was a, a junior in college at Dartmouth, I was a sports editor, and I, in the mail one day I got a, a, a package, and in it was a book called The Glory of Their Times by Larry Ritter. Sure. And I started reading this thing, and this was these were interviews that Larry did with ballplayers who played in the 1910s and the 1920s, people who had played with Ty Cobb and against Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Shoeless Joe Jackson. And I started reading this thing, and I was absolutely enthralled because to listen to these people talk, it took you back to, it really made you feel um, their experiences playing back then. I often thought that the glory of their times was the sort of Bible of baseball, because without it, we would have, you know, not a very good idea of what it was like to be a player back then. And that book always stayed with me. And uh, over the years, I've done a number of, of oral histories of baseball teams. Dynasty was the Yankees. Bums was the Brooklyn Dodgers, Wrigleyville the Chicago Cubs, Spirit of St. Louis was the St. Louis Cardinals and Browns, and Amazing was the Mets. And when I interviewed those people, um, the interviews were often for an hour, hour and 15 minutes, but I only used, you know, little pieces of it for, you know, what I needed for what I was writing about in those books. One of the people I interviewed for Dynasty was Jim Bouton. Um, he lived in Englewood. I lived in Englewood, and, and you know, fairly shortly, we became very, very close friends. And um, a few years ago, uh, he had developed dementia, and last year he he died, which I thought was you know just terrible. And I thought to myself that really, what I wanted do to keep his sort of memory alive in a way, and the way I would do it uh, would be using the same methods that Larry Ritter used in The Glory of Their Times, you know, back when. So this would be a sequel to The Glory of Their Times, but these were players from the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, and the first chapter uh, in this book is Jim Boughton, where he talked about um, how he made it to the New York Yankees in the most you in know, incredible way. And the last chapter also was Bouton, where he talked about publishing Ball Four and what happened to him after he published it.
0: Well, it, it's just awesome. And, and you know, the names, I mean, Mickey Mahinnell, Casey Stengel, you know, Manny Irvin, Stan Musial, um, you know, Ted Williams, J- Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, you know, the generational baseball connections and the legends of the game. And uh, what's amazing with athletes, and I think, I, I think all athletes are able to do this, but for some reason or another, Peter, it seems to me that golfers and baseball players are on another level. They remember everything, so that has to just—you know—that has to—it sure. has to add to this. Because what is storytelling if you can't remember the most possible uh, things and outcomes and and, and 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 things in between, right? And, and and so with the detail, with vivid detail and unbelievable memories. That's really where the stories get told. No, that's absolutely true.
1: I'm I'm always amazed when I call somebody to talk to them uh, for a book I'm doing because you never ever know, you know, what you're going to get. And uh, over the years, I'm often, you know, surprised and amazed not only at the depth of the what they remember and and you know, their ability to recall these things, but also the passion they have uh, as they recall it. You know, very often I would call somebody who had retired, you know, 10, 20 years before. Um, I can remember I, I, I interviewed the captain of the 1927 Cubs. You know, he was 92 years old when I interviewed him. And, and his mind was as sharp as a tack. I mean, what he remembered was so amazing. Um, you know, Phil Wrigley buying Catalina Island and how they, uh, they they worked out on Catalina Island and so forth and so on. Um, you know, it's the joy of doing it. It's, you just never know what, what somebody's going to tell you.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you hope people say about the book when they get done with it?
1: I hope they say it's as good as the glory of their times.
0: Hmm. <laughs> but I hope... <laughs> um, one thing and again our guest is peter golenbach uh, the, uh, the 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 book is all over the place online where books are sold whispers of the gods tales from baseball's golden age told by the men who played it um one thing that i i was so excited to 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 ask you is um do do you find as you've gone on all these years and all these amazing books and you're one of the best at it, you know, at writing um, as an author. Have you found, what part of that have you found to be, you know, that it gets easier? I'm not saying it's easy, but what part is easier now than, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago? What part is easier and what, what part just doesn't seem to get easier? It's It's the
1: same, it's the exact
0: same process
1: now uh, that it was 40 years ago. I don't do anything any different. Uh, I still use cassette tapes to do my interviews. I still transcribe them myself, um, which people find very humorous. Hmm. Um, You know, I just had to go on eBay and buy, you know, 200 cassette tapes because they don't make them anymore. Uh, But, you know, it's a process that I've... You know, it's, since I got my first computer, I I, I did the Bronx Zoo on a um, eight and a, eight and a half inch floppy disk. You know, that was the, the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I, you know, I went to Washington D.C. and paid four thousand dollars for this for this um, word processor, where when I wrote a page, I didn't have to. Type the entire page all over again because I made a mistake. You could you could correct. You could actually go on the screen and make a correction, and then you know print it out perfectly rather than have to <laughs> type the thing out all over again. I mean that the, the technology is just amazing. Uh, but you know it's 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 the same process. Uh, you want you want to interview somebody. You either go see them and you call them on the phone. Uh, and you ask hopefully intelligent questions, and hopefully they're receptive and and give you you know honest you know wonderful answers. And it's it's the same process. Nothing much has changed. I must tell
0: you. Um, when did you first fall in love with with baseball?
1: I was about six.
0: Yeah.
1: I was about six. Let's see. I was born in forty six. So so actually I was eight. Uh, the first thing that I can ever remember uh, was Willie Mays. Oh. Uh, running into center field and catching Vic Wirtz's fly ball. It's the first thing that I can remember. Uh, after that, uh, Roger Bannister broke the uh, four-minute mile. I remember seeing that on TV. And then after that, um, for just about every year of my young life, the New York Yankees either won the pennant uh, or the World Series, or pennant and the World Series, for that matter, and and... and you know, that was really how I ended up, you know, with a career. Uh, I had read a book called The New York Yankees by Frank Graham. was a kid. And uh, I was mesmerized because he was having conversations in his book with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Joe DiMaggio. And I just thought, oh, my, this is just really wonderful. Um, and so after after college and after law school, I got a job working for Princess Hall uh, in Englewood, New Jersey, and one day I saw their trade book catalog, and I thought to myself, you know, this might be the place where I could write the sequel to The New York Yankees by Frank Graham. Um, And I went down, and I talked myself into getting a contract to write Dynasty.
0: Hmm. Wow. Um, the book, again, is Whispers of the Gods, Tales from Baseball's Golden Age, told by the men who played it, Peter Golenbach, the author. And it just has so many unbelievable stories. Ted Williams recounting why he believes Shoeless Joe Jackson belongs in the Hall of Fame. And you also have Tom Sturtevant uh, involved, uh, providing vivid memories of Stengel and Mantle and other Yankee icons, uh, among just so many others. Roy Campanella talking about life in the Negro League's before coming up to the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, uh, of course, online where books are sold and in major bookstores, go pick this one up. Uh, do you have a favorite story slash interview from this book? Do you, you know that, that, that rises to the top for you, Peter?
1: Not not a, not a favorite per se. Um, I, I'm always I'm always amazed. I've always been amazed. Every once in a while, the uh, the phone rings, and you never know who's going to the... Be at the other end, and, and somewhere in the 1980s, I answered the phone, and and he said, "This is Ed Frolick," and I said, "How are you?" And it turned out Ed Frolick was the trainer for Joe McCarthy when he was with the Yankees. Wow! And and Frolick also was the trainer for the Brooklyn Dodgers when Babe Ruth was a coach for the Brooklyn Dodgers in the in the somewhere in the 30s. Um. The the idea being that uh, they hired Ruth so that he would take batting practice before the games, and fans, you know, might be attracted to that and come and see uh, a fairly bad Brooklyn Dodger team play. But Frolik proceeded to tell me conversations that he had with Ruth that I just thought were just so marvelous, and I put them in this book. Uh, where Frolik said to him, "You know did you did you really call your shot?" In the nineteen thirty-two World Series, and and the response is just you know Ruth says to him, Ed, can you hear me? And Froelich goes, Yeah, I can hear you. And, and Ruth says, Can you really hear me? <laughs> and Froelich says, Yes. And Ruth says, If I had pointed to center field, mm-hmm. that son of a bitch, the pitcher, <laughs> would have hit me in the head and killed me. No. I absolutely did not call my shot. I mean, that was one of the stories he tells uh, in in this book. And the other wonderful story was that uh, Froelich was telling me that the players on the Brooklyn Dodgers, the hitters, were teasing Ruth about his ability to pitch. And as you know, Ruth was probably as good a pitcher as, as Walter Johnson, as good a pitcher as Christy Mathewson. Ruth, you know, you could argue was the greatest baseball player whoever played the game at any rate these these hitters are are teasing him about his pitching and ruth says to frolic uh, i want to warm up my arm two or three days i want to get in shape and i want to show these guys and so frolic helped him do that and and this is one day ruth says okay i'm ready so he takes the the hitters down onto the field and he throws them about 25 pitches, and they hit about three foul balls. And they were just <laughs> amazed that this old guy was still such a spectacular, spectacular pitcher. And that's, you know, one of the other stories that Froelich tells in this book. I I, I just, you know, I, I get the same reactions that you get when you read these stories. It was like, you know, goosebumps. It's uh, just, you know, it's, it's 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 reliving reliving this wonderful baseball history.
0: So... With no disrespect to the players today, they're bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic, blah, blah, blah. But the money, the money that gets thrown around is just mind boggling. I mean, to the point where Freddie Freeman recently signs with the Dodgers and it's called for some a steal because based on what the market is, they got him for twenty seven million dollars over, you know, a six year period of time They give him one hundred sixty two million dollars. I'm looking at his contract, I'm looking at the Matt Olson deal, I'm looking at past deals, the Mookie Betts deal, Machado and Harper, and all these guys who have signed the last several years. Peter, what the heck would Mickey Mantle be worth today? You know, Willie Mays, Ted Williams, you know, Babe Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Stan Musial, Frank Robinson. I mean, what, what the heck? What, Ty Cobb, how much would these guys be worth today, you know?
1: You know, it's interesting because some of these players i know willie mays in particular <laughs> asks themselves the exact same questions yeah that, you know mays is particularly bitter you know he was making a hundred thousand dollars a year and that was considered a small fortune yes and it was yeah. um I, I i i just as a fan i don't pay any attention to whatever money these people get i never did i never will um just because they're making $20 million a year doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to have a good season. You know, one, their contract has absolutely nothing to do with their performance very often. Uh, sometimes sometimes the, the, the best players are, you know, rookies making the minimum. Yeah. The, 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 the funny thing about this negotiation, is, is this recent negotiation, is that the, the players wanted more, than the $570,000 minimum. And in fact, now that they're going to make $700,000 as a minimum. I mean, it's just so much money. Um, you, there's there's no fan in the world, uh, except, you know, maybe Jeff Bezos can understand that. But most of us, uh, it, it's meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless, whether a guy's making a million dollars or $20 million. Uh, it's just... I don't, I don't pay
0: any attention to it. I want to hit you with two current baseball things before I let you go. You mentioned the negotiations. Yep, yep. They were on lockout for a little while. They figured it out. I was stunned that they figured it out as soon as they did because these guys, owners play, it's just been going on for years and years and years with this whole crap, lockout strikes, millionaires and billionaires, all that stuff. However, they, right. found, they found a way. Here we are. Baseball is here. We have spring training. We're going to have a full schedule. Um, are you, and it's great that it's back, don't get me wrong, and I love baseball, but the game Absolutely. but the game is, is down a little bit for me, because, and I'm not alone here, because the analytics, walk, strikeout, uh, home run, uh, pitchers are three, four innings, they're out, you know, aces are getting pulled in the World Series, uh, launch angle, spin rate, all these different things, analytic departments uh, with, with all these Ivy League guys. Is the game right now for you down? Never. Never. Okay.
1: Never. Never. I, it wasn't down for me in the nineteen, in the late nineteen sixties when 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 it was all about pitching. It wasn't down for me during the steroid era when when Sosa and Maguire and Bonds were hitting all those home runs. Every every era is just different. Hmm. Uh, I'm I'm just hoping at some point that some you know, wise either owner or general manager will do away with all this analytic nonsense and just go back to playing, you know, regular baseball. Yeah. That's my hope that that this analytics is not necessarily the winning formula. If it is the winning formula, then I'm going to sit and watch baseball. I've got season tickets to the Tampa Bay Rays and I'm just going to have to, you know, watch games where our pitchers strike out 12 batters a game and their pitchers strike out 12 batters a game. And hopefully we'll hit two home runs and win the game two
0: to one. I just miss just all the. Way it is. Yeah, I just miss all the steals and you know the hits to the gap and a guy legging from first to third more routinely. You know, I did, those kind of things. You know, these guys with that stupid shift, they just bunt it right down the third baseline. you I mean, could you imagine Pete Rose in the shift? He'd have five thousand hits. I mean, no question about he'd, it. He had five thousand <laughs> hits anyway. Yeah, I mean, true. the amazing thing is they did away with the shift. Yeah, I know. As
1: part of the agreement, they yep. did away with the stupid shift. Yeah, but, yeah. You know what? My, because it was the Tampa Bay Rays who started that shift nonsense in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the fact was it was effective. I mean, these people who sit in the, in the cellar, the, the five or six uh, Harvard-MIT geniuses who sit in the cellar for the Rays and figure out all this stuff, the Rays are, I think, the third most successful team in the last five years. Yep. And, and they have a payroll of about, you know, 25 cents. I mean, sitting here watching this team, it's, it's a minor miracle. Uh, the, the way they're able to do what they they do, and, and and I thought it was interesting because the this agreement among the things in the agreement is they have sort of limited uh, the ability of the Rays now to be the Rays. Uh, they raised the cap for the salary for each team because in the past it was like two hundred ten million, and if a team spent more than that, the extra money went to the Rays and the Oakland A's and some of these other you know, so-called poorer teams. A poorer team means that the owner only has a billion dollars and not $10 billion. Um, and so so the, the Rays are going to be punished in this deal because they raised, they raised the cap and they're not going to get so much money. And the other thing is they, they limited the number of times a player could be sent down to the miners, to five, which is hilarious because last year... One of the Rays pitchers, I believe, was sent down to the minors something like twenty times, so that each time they could bring up a fresh pitcher, and and it was successful because the Rays, you know, you saw where the
0: Rays ended up; they did very very well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it's it's funny. Yeah, the, the, in the shift, um, you know, it was just kind of a recent thing in this. Yeah, well, in- the shift
1: was something that uh, Joe Madden came up with.
0: Yeah, and, and it turned
1: out to kill uh, a lot of players' batting averages. It was unbelievable. These lefties who got up, they had no place
0: to hit the ball. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, look, I, I mean, I am a uh, – I live in central New York. I have—I grew up with Syracuse basketball. I've been around the 2-3 zone my entire life, Jim Boeheim's 2-3 <laughs> zone. And you know what? That's a specialized defense. There are other – box and one was used for a while uh, at, at a <laughs> high level. It's still used but at a very high level way back in the day. Um, you have other, you have other defensive ideas and schemes to try and beat the opposition. You had the trap in hockey for a long time in the nineties where it was just a really defensive game, but you know what you counter that it's a chess piece. You move a chess piece. So I wasn't really, Hey, just to hell with it. Get rid of the shift. I was more along the lines of, Hey, you know what? You're a baseball player. You're a professional hit the ball the other way, and then they won't shift on you. How about that? You know, like, you you yeah, can play any defense you want. Way. I was yeah. the exact same way.
1: I would sit there in the ballpark, and they'd have all their players over on the on
0: the right side for a lefty batter,
1: and I'd be screaming at, at Gene Choi <laughs> for crying out loud, hit the ball the opposite <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. Or, or Kiermaier, for instance. Oh, Kiermaier oh my can't hit for, 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 for beans. It, but but when he does go the opposite way, he gets base
0: hits. That's right. That's they right.
1: spent, you know, five years screaming at the guy, We you please take the outside fastball and hit the ball to the left? I know, out loud. I know. And trying... every once in a while he'd do it. He'd get a hit in an
0: RBI, but not consistently. Yeah, they're trying to hit it over people's heads instead. All right, yeah, fi- final right. thing. Give me your outlook on the 2022 New York Yankees. I think it could be a pretty rough year.
1: Well, I think it all comes down to whether Aaron, Boone, uh, Aaron, Boone, whether Aaron Judge will get vaccinated. This is what it comes down to: Is Aaron Judge going to get vaccinated? Because if he doesn't get vaccinated, he can't play in Yankee Stadium.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: That's what's going to come down to. Yeah. And I've got Aaron Judge for 27 bucks on my rotisserie team, <laughs> and I am so furious right now because I don't know what to do. Do I keep the guy? Yeah. Not if he won't get vaccinated. I won't.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're just short on pitching. You know, the 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 roster is aging quickly. People don't realize that. Um, you know, I I don't know. I, there's just a lot of, you know, they're still analytically analytically driven. The injuries will happen again. I I just I don't know. I you know, the bullpen is overrated every year. I just I. It's I, very
1: hard to know right now. It's yeah,
0: very, there's so many free agents. It's hard to know they uh,
1: they traded for Donaldson, who seemed to be a little bit over the hill. Uh, you know they—they—they've got uh, a, a new shortstop now. Who knows whether he's actually going to be the shortstop or whether they're waiting for the kid in the minors.
0: Um, Either of them.
1: Yeah. Gosh, I, I
0: don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I. I. It's. I've got a rotisserie draft on April 16th coming up, <laughs> and I'm at a total loss. I, I don't have the slightest idea. Right now, I hope by the time April 16th rolls around, I'll know more
0: than what I know right now. Wow. Well, look, go get the book. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a sports fan, this thing is must-have. It's Whispers of the Gods, Tales from Baseball's Golden Age, told by the men who played it, and it's authored by one of the best in the business for years and years and years, our good pal Peter Golenbach, and uh, online where books are sold and major bookstores. Peter, this was amazing. I love chatting with you. Thanks for connecting with me on social media. I'd love to have you back on and uh, enjoy all the baseball this season, my friend. Thank you so much. Anytime, Michael. Anytime for you. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Burn Dairy, Welch & Company Jewelers, Elevate Fitness of Syracuse, and the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Go ahead and log on to vcgtransforms.com today. That's vcgtransforms.com. Hey, become a better leader both personally and professionally with the Vince Aguera Consulting Group. A tip of the cap thank you as well to Rosie's Corner, Carvel of North Syracuse, and the Syracuse Fitness Store. Stop on over, man. Erie Boulevard, they've got the top-notch workout equipment. For every single person out there. Bikes, ellipticals, workout mats, free weights, you name it. It's all there at the Syracuse Fitness Store. I'm Mike Lindsley. This is the ML Sports Platter. Peter Golenbach is amazing. Thanks to him for coming on. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports, and we are brought to you in part by Bet Online. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games.